Welcome to the Jersnet Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is Bumper Preview Special Night and I'm your host David Wren, stepping into the midweek Europa League spotlight for only the second time this season. Um, Luckily, Alec Anderson, our resident European football geek, is uh, alongside me. We also have another special guest with us this evening. Um, John Davies is a youth coach working with Slavia Prague in the Czech Republic. Originally from Stoke, John is only Brett, currently playing his trade with Slavia um, in the coaching ranks. He'll give us the ins and outs of the team we are due to face in tomorrow night's last 16 tie. John, welcome to Jersnet. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, really good. Really good. Uh, pleasure to, to be on the show. Um, yeah, excellent, really. Trying to, trying to stay sane during lockdown. Um, situation in terms of the virus isn't great here, so... Just doing anything I can to to be busy and you know to keep myself active. So but it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, Alec, how excited are you to have someone someone uh, that can give us the ins and outs of European football, even more so than you? I'm very excited. I mean, we know we know John's pushed for time. I'm really grateful for him uh, coming on. And so I thought three four hours of questions would be absolutely fine. But no, apparently he's got to go. You know, before that. So <laughs> fair enough. But uh, I think. John, being a, a good Stoke fan, we all instantly thought about the, the Loving Cup ceremony at Ibrox and then we realised we, we might have one ourselves tonight, but we thought, no, there was enough whiskey had on this pod on Sunday night. Uh, so we're quite happy, quite happy to do that. I was looking at I was looking at John's uh, Twitter feed and I saw the, the hashtag Slaran and I thought that must be some Czech word that I don't understand. That must be some phrase uh, they use in the terraces there, you know, uh, Eden, you know, and then I realised, no, that's the that's the hashtag for the game. Tomorrow, that's Slavia Rangers. You are still drunk, big man. Just uh, give it a bye, you know. So we'll let Jonathan do the talking tonight. I think. Yeah. Um, well, I know I've I've got a few questions, Alec. I know you've got a couple of questions. Um, we know John's got to get away tonight, uh, so we won't keep you for long. But but we're we're keen to sort of find out a wee bit more about the team. Um, you know, we we know there are no mugs. I think that's I think that's clear. A lot of people over here, especially you know, in the Rangers side of things, you know, if we're all being honest, getting Slavia Prague considering some of the teams we could have got didn't seem like such a bad draw. But I, I think that you know you may be able to tell us, but I think the Slavia fans would probably have thought the same when they drew Rangers. But you know, we know we know enough about the, the performances in the Europa League this season, and obviously the most impressive being the victory over over Leicester. Uh, in the last round, you know, it was a pretty dominant display as well at the King Power, um, and as well as that domestically, you know, they're holding an eleven-point lead at the top of the table uh, over Celtic conquerors um, Sparta Prague in the, in the Czech League. Just talk to me, John, about that aspect of it. You know, when when Slavia drew Rangers, what what was the sort of reaction over there? Um, I imagine that the, the two clubs are quite similar um, this season. Obviously, you guys, you you sealed your title. Um, over over the weekend, so 
for you for us guys you're you're probably a little bit further ahead in terms of, of what you wanted to achieve or in terms of your success this season but um, we're very similar to you guys in the fact that we, we've not lost so far this season um, so you can imagine that the kind of confidence that we've gained from, from that kind of run and um, yeah confidence is very high here and in terms of you know the general feeling when we when we drew Rangers I think that had you asked this question before the game against Leicester we might have been a little bit more apprehensive um, but I know that, that the victory against Leicester, while we weren't particularly surprised about it over here, given that we know the strength of the squad and, you know, given given that confidence, I think that um, the game against Rangers, you know, it's a tough one really because I, I think that when you compare Rangers with, with Leicester, you could probably say that Leicester are the better team on paper. Um, but having considered, you know, your, your kind of, um, run of form and, and your confidence, then then perhaps it's not as easy as as we would expect or, or think. So um, this, I think, this is what makes it such a, an intriguing clash, really. Yeah, I mean, we obviously know about some of the big results in, in the Europa League, but just generally, you've, you've said that obviously they're unbeaten, but has the form been? The form's been pretty good domestically. I know they won two one at the weekend there, um, to to keep that lead at the top. You know. Confidence must not be in short supply at Slavia at the moment. Um, yeah, I think what we found was that when we played against Leicester uh, um, in that that week, we, you know, our performances in the league kind of trailed off a little bit. So, so we drew two games against teams that we probably shouldn't have drawn against. Um, you know, with with the added kind of workload of of playing in Europe uh, that you know inevitably inevitably comes from from that then. I think that you you know you can kind of expect that we would trail off a, at least a little bit, but um, you know as you said you know we've got an eleven point lead at the top and um, yeah everything's going going really well for us in the league. I think the most exciting thing or the most important thing ahead of tomorrow's game is is the fact that we scored a lot of goals um, as as of you guys as well. So I think that the fact that we're scoring goals, you're scoring goals. I, I think that it should be should be quite an entertaining game. Um, you know, overall, I think I was just I did a little bit of research before before I came on. I think you scored 15 goals, I think, in your last five and we've scored 18 in the last five. So you can see, you know, the, the kind of um, the kind of type of football and, and the confidence in terms of, you know, in, in front of goal that, that both teams have. So, yeah, in terms of Slavia, we're, we're definitely banging form and, and I think we're, we're quite excited for, for what's going to happen tomorrow night. Yeah, I I think John, we were quite um, when we played when we drew Royal Antwerp, Slavia would be the same in the last round. Um, with that being, you know, kind of two months between the end of the group stage and the, the last thirty-two being played, we had plenty of time to kind of find out about Royal Antwerp. So, uh, was that deliberate on Slavia's part to go and win a cup game ten-three just to get the message to us really quickly? Um, we're a team that scores goals. That was that was quite frightening. There was no need for that. I thought, you know. <laughs> That was some some performance yeah. that night, was it not? Is that a third division team that were playing? Yeah, so yeah, I, I guess you know I could come on here and and kind of try to scare everybody, everybody and say yeah, this is what we do every week. But yeah, you, you're right. You know, we played against a third division team, and the the levels here, you it's not like the Premier League, for example, Premier League in England against you know like a, a League One team in in the UK or sorry in England then. I think that it's you know the levels between the first division and, and the third division are you know it's much much more 
much more a gap between the two leagues. So, um, you know, on paper, it looks like a hell of a result. But, you know, and it was a great game. You know, obviously, you don't have a 10-3 game without it being entertaining. But, you know, it was against a, a team of, you know, n- not as good. They're not, they're, they don't have the quality, basically. So... Well, definitely. I mean, Slavia, obviously, as you were saying, um, a goal-scoring team. And watching the their, their highlights, um, we're only really seeing the kind of goal highlights um, because when Slavia are playing live on telly, we're playing live in, in Europe as well. Um, but it's, the big chap, number 12, uh, the Senegalese teenager, Sima, he seems like the kind of main goal, main goal threat. Um, fantastic in the air, but scores scored a couple of pitches with his uh, that kind of right foot of his as well um, inside the box, outside the box. Um, we're going. To, I'm just asking you, um, please tell us he's injured. We just need to know uh-huh. the team news for t- tomorrow night. But uh, I would just love you. To t- he's injured. He's suspended or something. No? <laughs> well, actually, that was quite interesting. So, as you said, this or uh, last weekend we won two one. Yeah. Uh, but but the main positive from that was obviously we didn't get any any big injuries to our main yeah. players. Um, but we were able to rest a lot of players um, as well. So I think Sima, I think he only played 30 minutes. I think he played second half. We were 2-0 up at half time. And then I think uh, Banik Ostrava, we were playing, they they scored. They pulled a goal back and then we kind of brought on, you know, more attacking players just to see out the game. So um, Sima only played 30 minutes. So... Sorry, sorry to disappoint you, but he's yes. going to be he's going to be fresh and ready, ready to terrorise you tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, no, that's 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 no good. And I saw, I saw uh, uh, Stanku seemed to kind of stick out as well. He seemed uh, quite quite a player. Um, he could kind of play a ball, um, just kind of off the top of his head. I was like a cracking a cracking player going forwards. Um, I think he takes the penalties as well, doesn't he? Um, but I was just who else would you say that are the main threats and is, is the whole squad looking quite fit for tomorrow night? I think one of the one of the key advantages that we have, or one of the strengths of the squad, is that we're we're not reliant on one or two players. That we, yeah. you know, you'll find that our goals score come from from lots of different positions. I think from set pieces, we're quite dangerous. We obviously, you know, we play in the Czech league. Czech league is very physical, um, as is the Scottish league. To be fair, and I, I think that from set pieces, we're quite a threat, as you said, Stanchu. His delivery uh, from set pieces, penalties, free kicks, corners, uh, you know, it's quite a threat. We've got Lukas Provod. I think he's the leading uh, assist. He has, you know, he's, he's topping the assist charts in the Czech League as well this season. Um, you know, our front three, you, you pointed out Sima, uh, who's been a revelation for us this season, his first season in professional football. Uh, we've got our main striker, Jan Kukta. He's scored a lot of goals recently as well. Um, and then on the left side, we've got Peter Oyinka, a Nigerian player, and, and he's really transformed his game this season. He's thriving from being around players that are probably a little bit better than what we've had before. Um, so, yeah, we've got strength and depth everywhere, really. We've got quality everywhere. Um, there's a young lad that we're quite excited about at centre-back, David Zima. Um, he's on the verge of, of the Czech national team already. He's 19. Um, and you know he's coming into his own as well. He he pretty much pocketed Jamie Vardy, um, you know, over the two legs. I don't think Vardy had one opportunity because of him. So I think that really, as as I said, you know, the big benefit that we have in our squad is that we're not relying on one or two players. Um, there's threats everywhere, and you know that versatility really helps us against Leicester and um, has helped us, you know, for a couple of seasons now. 
it's quite interesting actually just listening to you there describe um, Slavia and, and, and what they're good at and, and sort of the, the strengths and it, it struck me how um, similar that sounds like you could have been easily speaking about Rangers genuinely a lot of the things that you pointed out there in terms of the strengths of the team um, were things we would associate with, with Rangers so that, that's interesting it makes you know for quite an exciting proposition tomorrow night now a caveat to this question um, is I, I wasn't on, but we did have a, a guy before the, the last game with Royal Antwerp, uh, a Belgian journalist, who said that it, both teams would shut each other out and it would be a nil-nil in the first leg and potentially a nil-nil in the second leg, I think. It finished 9-5 on aggregate. Um, but what do you think? What what are your predictions for the for the games? What, what do you see um, coming from these, these ties? I think, you know, I think it's almost impossible to, to predict, to be perfectly honest. I, I think we, I was, I actually, I went on to a couple of Leicester uh, fan fan shows before our game, games with Leicester and, you know, our predictions were very, you know, high scoring games and, you know, lots of goals, lots of chances. And actually the first leg finished nil-nil, I think, and it was very cagey. And then obviously this, the second leg only opened up once we managed to score. So, I think it's very difficult in these situations. I'm not sure you can take too much from the league form of both sides because of the magnitude of the game and because of the, you know, the, the general, you know, the, any cup tie in this situation, I think would be, teams would be naturally quite cagey. Um, I, th- I think basically it depends on, on who gets the first goal. I think if the first goal comes quite early in Prague, especially if, if Rangers can get that first goal, then that forces us to come out and, and to try to, you know, to win win the first game at least. And I think then that opens things up. If there isn't a goal in the first leg, then it's pretty similar to the Leicester game, you know, where we've probably got an advantage in terms of, you know, being just that one away goal from, from taking control of the tie. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to really get drawn into any predictions because it's you know it's a very difficult game to predict. You know these big European ties. Personally, I'm just thankful that that Slavia are where they are. Um, you know that we have we have this game. We're very grateful, especially you know with this season where fans have you know had to miss out on on a lot of action, a lot of football. I think for fans of both sides, I think it's a really big, big game and it's something that Slavia and Rangers have perhaps been starved of recently. Um, and I think, you know, whatever happens, it sounds very diplomatic and like I'm trying to brush off your question, but I think that whatever happens, it's going to be a really good spectacle for, for everybody involved in, in the two clubs. Um, and I think that's the best way to go about it. If I was to be pushed on a prediction, obviously I'm, I'm a Slavia man, so... I would like to think that we we could win it. I think that it could be a very similar story to the Leicester game, where we keep it quite tight at home and, and maybe nick an away goal and, and then see what happens um, in Glasgow. So, if if I was to say it, then and that's what my prediction would be. Listen, John, thanks very much for coming on. We'll let you go, um, but again, thanks very much, and hopefully it's a hopefully it's a good tie. Thank you, John. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thanks, it's been John. a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, like we're, we're going to expect, you know, I, th- I can see potentially goals being in the in the tie. I think that's, from what, I mean, I couldn't believe that. There, and I, I mentioned it, obviously, but I couldn't believe that, that John was speaking about 
Um, wasn't speaking about Rangers when he was talking about Slavia Prague's uh, I know. strengths because that was so similar to, to how good we are. It's mirror, mirror image. Mm. You know, I mean, and they, they lost, the, I don't know what to say, I think they lost 4-1 um, uh, in their, their Champions League qualifier against uh, Mitchelland, who we beat you know, yeah. last season at a bit of a goal fest over the two legs. Um, it would be quite comfortably. Um, Bayer Leverkusen put four past them in the final, in their final group game as they dropped down into the Europa League group stage. Um, but it was a, a bit similar to ourselves. They, they were already through and they were going head to head to try and finish on top of the group. Um, so I, I think that Slavia would just be pushing on. Bayer Leverkusen only needed a draw. They only required a draw at home to finish top of the group. So once they went a goal down, Slavia were kind of, you know, might as well go for it. There's nothing to lose. They'd already qualified anyway. Um, but Bayer Leverkusen picked them apart and of course this season Bayer Leverkusen kind of picked us apart as well I mean we only lost 1-0 over there and they did have Kai Havertz still at that point um, and technically it was last season but it's we've both lost to Bayer Leverkusen we've both uh, we, we've lost goals uh, in Lisbon and we lost goals at home to Benfica and we've lost two each uh, two goals in each of our games against uh, Standard Liège and Royal Antwerp at Ibrox so yeah, the the bits just as I was saying to John there, I've only I'm only able to see like highlights, the Europa League highlights programs. Um, that's the only way I'm seeing Slavia, but they seem slightly susceptible at the back to a counter attack, and they themselves are phenomenal on the counter attack. Um, we've had the goals we've conceded, uh, especially at Ibrox, been whipped across the box, you know, um, and it seems like you can get in behind Slavia's fullbacks. Um, so yeah, it's like. It could be another good old-fashioned kind of shootout gunslinger type game like we had against Royal Antwerp, but I would say these are a, these are a class above. I think Slavia are just a, a, a class above eh, Royal Antwerp, and Rangers have got a terrible record historically in Prague. We've only ever played three Czech teams. Um, Dukla Prague was still it's still part of Czechoslovakia, and we played Dukla Prague in the early eighties. We played Sparta Prague in the early nineties, and eh, of course Victoria Zizkov. Um, I think after this, we've only got to play Bohemians, and that's why I've played every big Prague team. But we, lo- we lose every time in Prague, and then we win at Ibrox, but just, you know, too little, too late. And it's kind of usually goes to extra time. And, you know, we, we're actually leading the tie at some point, and we lose out. So it's um, in Slavia, there's only two previous games in Europe against Scottish teams. They lost out in extra time at Love Street in the UEFA Cup in the mid 80s. <laughs> and in our, you know, a uh, six-goal thriller at Tynecastle the, the, the following season. So it's just that the mirror imaging of the two clubs is is uh, quite quite spectacular. So I um, it's going to be a hell of a game, I think. Yeah, I mean, Gerard today he was he did his press today and he said, "We'll tell the players they need to be ready and they need to be at their very best to compete this challenge. to compete with this challenge. Slavia are a very good team, a very efficient team, strong, powerful, uh, and can run a lot." The strong and powerful quotes have been something that I've heard quite a lot since uh, since that game against Leicester. I actually watched a bit of the game against Leicester, but I get so pissed after watching um, our game and celebrate their victory that I don't remember a lot of it. Um, but I do remember them. They, they were a very well-organised team, but an, an efficient and well-organised team, which is something that I think we are in Europe. I think we, you know, the way our material shuffle over and, and keep... You know uh, the defence protected when my fullbacks are bombing forward. That 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 seemed to me the way they played as well that night. Um, I was really impressed. But you know, as I said to John at the top of the show, if we could have handpicked a team 
to face other than potentially Dinamo Zagreb um, and maybe Young Boys and a couple others they would have been up there for us you know for a team we could have handpicked to give us a chance to get through the quarterfinals so it's going to be a good tie I think but I'm curious for your thoughts on this. You know, 55 is now done, which for me still hasn't sunk in, but <laughs> uh, it feels better every time you say it. Ah, um, but the league's over, you know, and we're going into this Europa League run. The the thing for me is if, if, if they'd won on Sunday, we would have gone into this tie with that in the back of our minds that we had to go there and win to win the league, even though we would have won it but there was still just a horrible nagging feeling in the back of my mind um, just about how that would play a part in this tie and maybe the, the concentration. What do you think about the Europa League run now? How do you think, you know, the manager's saying the usual stuff that it's one game at a time and all this, but what what do you think will be his thoughts on Europa League now? Uh, I think he'll just want to get focused and I think that's going to be the most difficult thing. Because as you say, it's, this has been like nothing else in our history. The, the, the focus on 55. Um, it's a double-edged sword. As you say, you, you're thinking we need to, to get 55 done before we're playing this tie. Our last 16 tie, it's quite incredible. You know, we've been talking about this for the past few weeks. Rangers still being in Europe and the leagues, and we've won the league as champions of that season. It's, we've only done it once before, you know, and it's, it's quite an incredible thing. But as it, Europe is keep, um, being in, having, having to fight on all fronts is keeping us sharp on all fronts or is it now going to be a case that when we have got that out of the way we're somehow lighter I, I, I know myself I might be like you know, 20 stone 51 year old my, my BMI has gone, gone through the roof um, in the last few days especially but I feel like I'm walking in air you know it's the feel, you know, <laughs> the wind and the rain's howling outside and it feels like the middle of summer it's, it's just what a feeling um, and it's taking its time kicking in. And that's why I can just imagine Rangers both like winning 3 nothing on tomorrow night, just on an absolute high, and losing 3 nothing because they're completely lost. They're just so, they're so used to chasing. We're so used to 55 being at the centre of everything. Um, but it, it, it's just one of those things that can, you know, we feel like we're kind of out of jail. And as we know, prisoners sometimes can't cope with being out of jail. You know, they can't cope with the freedom. Um, and I really... I can see it going either way um, uh, on Thursday because of that, because this has just been a hell of a thing. Even the interviews with Stephen Gerrard, even like the in-house kind of Rangers TV uh, interview he had yesterday, he looked a bit green about the gills, you know, uh, as well he should be, because it's been a, for, to get a league title has been a massive thing in Stephen Gerrard's life. You know, that's a good 20 years probably he's been obsessed with that. Um, and they, that's what they say, sometimes the worst thing that can happen is getting exactly what you want. You know, and he's trying to talk about other things. He's trying to move it on, but the media won't let him. You know, it's the most famous. What's one of the most famous things about Stephen Gerrard is the fact that he, he he didn't have a league title to his name, and now he's got one. People keep asking him about it. So, I just hope. I think this is a massive opportunity. Um, I want is just I want to beat Slavia because I think if we could go one better than we did last season, that, again that's progress in Europe. Three three seasons in the trot, and progress in most competitions. Uh, three seasons in the trot. Um, I just don't want any kind of downers at all um, to, to kind of affect this season. But um, I think there's actually a, a magic about this season. And if we could just, if we can uh, kind of kick it, if we can kind of feed into the high of what happened at the weekend and put that on the pitch uh, tomorrow night as a kind of celebration of, of, of where we've arrived at, 
Um, I think we could we could do something really major in this competition, and I'm, I'm talking about getting to the final. Yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting because I think this will be a really tough tie. And I think it'll be a really tough tie for a lot of reasons. I think they're a good side. They're obviously a confident side, but I think sometimes when there's an unknown aspect about a team, um, you know, it becomes sort of thinking, oh well, that's us. You know, that's not a big a big name. You know, in in, in relative terms. Uh, but I would love to see us, if we get through, I'd love to see us draw a Tottenham or a Arsenal or a Man United, just to see, just to see where we are. Because I, I can't think of many strikers in the Premier League at the moment, like um, Morelos, for instance. So they won't have come up against anyone like him, I don't think, down there. No one with those sort of attributes, because I think he's a unique striker, one of the most unique I've seen um, in my lifetime in terms of the way he uses his body and, and his overall play. I'm not by any means saying he's one of the greatest strikers I've ever seen, but I think he's very, very unique. And I'd love to see us test ourselves against you know a team like that because why not? And so it'd be great if we could get through and then get a proper big side because we've the closest we've had to a proper glamour tie was probably by a Leverkusen in, in the sense of their stature and the players they had. So it'd be good to get a proper big team, and and I mean if we knocked out a big team that'd be even better. But um, it's going to be interesting, but do you think there's a, is there a genuine concern over the condition of the players? And I, I mean this in all seriousness because they, they were getting pitched all weekend and quite rightly so. But I mean, the, we've all seen the videos and stuff, and they have been they've been having a great time, and I cannot blame them. Uh, and I, I don't think anyone could blame them, uh, even if you're not a fan of Rangers. It's been great to see. But I just wonder because hydration and all this kind of stuff is such a massive part of football now. You just sort of wonder, because I don't know what you're like, but after I've had a, a few too many Saturday night, I'm still feeling the Monday morning. So I don't know uh, I don't know how they'll be feeling. Yeah, I think it's actually, I, I did I mean, titter to myself today when, uh, when Gerard was talking about hydration, he did mention the H word, <laughs> and I thought, I bet that's more applicable than ever. Um, the good news is, I mean, the players, as you said, they were clearly guttered um, in the dressing room and getting into their minibuses on uh, Saturday night. We've all seen the footage. Uh, and they were clearly guttered again uh, at train, uh, the, up at Ockenhowie uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday. And that's the kind of videos I was watching um, when I was sitting getting guttered into the wee small hours uh, on Monday morning. Because I don't know about you, David, and again, we're not, this, this sounds flippant, um, but I think they actually needed to get drunk. I think it's such a massive achievement. I, I, I well, come, on, come on the pod on Sunday night, and I, so I tried to keep myself kind of sober. You know, I haven't been, been drinking for a few months just, you know, because my weight really, you know, I try to cut it out as much as I can. Um, but, you know, I can drink when I start. And mm-hmm. I, I really, as I said flippantly on the show on Sunday night, I actually needed a few beers to kind of straighten me out because I, I didn't know what I was doing. So when the final whistle went at Tanadice, something we've been so focused on for 10 years. I mean, it's been, it was, it, it was like a, a target for about five years, a bit of a fantasy for another two or three years after that. And then it just this season we've watched it. And although Rangers have put away teams uh, four and five nothing at Ibrox, we've only done that a couple of times away from home. And I think the Motherwell game at Fur Park, we beat them 5-1. I think that's the only time when we've been, we've been watching us on Sky as opposed to Rangers TV that, that we've been just dominating the game. There's been nothing to be nervous about. As you say, we're winning every game, but within those games, the tension that we're feeling, because the score's always pretty close, eh, is unreal. It must be the same for the players, except, you know, multiplied by 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if they had tried to cut out the drink and tried to ignore what they'd achieved 
uh, on Saturday and Sunday after it being their every focus for the last three years for most of them. Um, it would have they would have imploded in the park tomorrow night. I think they're actually at a point where that's the, the, the getting drunk. And the good news is for for young uh, fit athletes uh, like those guys, a bit like a bit like you and me, yeah. um, those guys. It, all it takes is maybe a couple of beers for them to be on their backs. They probably go through the full you know three or four stages of drunkenness uh, on on a, on a couple of Bacardi breezers. So um, they'll not actually have had that much alcohol in the system, and the rest of it just be a natural high. But um, I think they were perfectly entitled to it, and I think they actually might have needed it. And now, though, it's just about, as I was saying earlier, they need to get that kind of high, out their, almost out of their system, or completely go with it and take it onto the park tomorrow night. You know, it's. But I think I think they needed. I think they need to get drunk. You know, don't do drugs, kids. I'm not advocating it, but I think it actually had to be done. Well, um, give me a quick sp- score prediction for tomorrow night. Um, well, you actually got me. I, 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 I chickened out. I remember you you asked me before the Benfica game in the Stadium of Light, and I just went for like a two nothing. Um, I don't even know who to. But what I was actually thinking was it was such a massive game, and Rangers are so spectacular under Stephen Gerrard in Europe. We'd lose three 0 or win three 0 and it turned out three each. So I was actually kind of right. And I'm doing the same for tomorrow night. Three nothing to somebody or three each. <laughs> I think I think it'll be one 0 at Rangers. I've got a funny feeling it'll be one 0 at Rangers. I think. The way, especially after John being on earlier and discussing that, I just think we will, that'll suit us that game, that'll suit our, our way of playing and I think I think 1-0 to Rangers. Just before we finish up tonight, um, we'll touch on this briefly but I don't want people to think we're avoiding it uh, because Ross, David Fraser and Frank will be back on Sunday for the flagship show and I think um, with a bit more time they will go into a lot more detail and I think there's actually a lot more to come from this story. Um you know, as, as the week goes on, I think there'll be more to come uh, because there always is. But what have you made of the fallout from the, the George Square stuff? I think, firstly, you know, the, the main thing we should have all taken away from it was that you, you can't really condone breaking COVID guidelines, but it's understandable to feel such emotion. So it wasn't right, but you know, it was it was it was a shame it happened, but you know, it was it was emotions taken over, and I think what 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 also needs to be said, and and you know, there's been a lot of stuff said about Rangers fans this week, but you know, it was a minority of Rangers fans, and I think there's been a big sweeping statements made about just football fans in general this week, which have been extremely unhelpful because I think it's they're made by a lot of people that don't know a lot about the game, but you know. It is what it is. It's been dominating the headlines. But I think for a lot of Rangers fans, certainly myself, the fallout and some of the some of the comments that have been made have, have made me a bit, you know, I've, I've kind of got my goat a wee bit. And I don't know about you, but certainly the reaction has been such that it feels like every football fan's been tarred with this, the same brush on, on every single issue these days. It's like anything that any football fan ever does. It's, it's everyone... And football is to blame. Yeah, and this is this is following hard on footballers themselves uh, being the only people who are kind of breaking COVID regulations and our COVID protocols. Um, I, I think there's hypocrisy everywhere. Uh, starting with myself, um, I am the, the previous weekend. Uh, I'm ranting and raving to myself because I'm walking down the pavement and there's there's couples holding hands, walking two abreast up the pavement, 
And then the following weekend, you know, I mean, my wife's a teacher, so I, I was, you know, kind of really worried about her going into school, uh, having to go into school and what. And uh, we know people who work in the wards in a couple of hospitals in the west of Scotland. And so we know the, the reality, even if we want to ignore the stats, we know that COVID is, you know, what it's doing to uh, people. Um, but yet when I saw those pictures of Stephen Jenner's car arriving, you know, I think it was Doogie or whatever sent it to us in the WhatsApp group for, for the Jazz Net boys. Um, I was in tears, just the sheer emotion of it. Just, and it, you just the pull, the physical pull to go along to your stadium and just say thanks and just, you know, be with your team, be with your club. Um, it, it, was, it was undeniable, even to somebody like myself who knows, you know, I'm no anti-masker or anti-vaxxer, you know, I'm, um, I, I still was, was kind of um, really tempted to go, but I didn't. If you're going to if you're going to break COVID protocols, if you're going to gather, well, twice outside Ibrox on Edmondson Drive on Saturday, Sunday, once up at Auckland Howie, you know, Mogai, and once in George Square, you know, and I know it's not as simple. People just don't just arrive in these places on mass, you know, um, by teletransportation. You've got to, they've got to gather other places to get there. But at least we knew where they all were, and it was quite con- it's it's fairly contained. It's all open air. But for me, it was just welcome back. Rangers, um, the face painters and the news agents not getting paid. Um, that made us a bit of a laughing stock back in 2012. Um, Rangers fans made sure those people were paid. But we were then told that we were, us not paying our tax meant that people were dying from a lack of emergency services um, being funded. And it's the same uh, benches being broken, memorial benches being broken in George Square. Uh, that's Rangers fans uh, at it again. That's not funny. And we were denying the homeless. The homeless people were supposed to be getting fed in George Square on a Sunday night, and somehow we prevented that as well. These are problems that governments should be should be sorting out. And it's for Rangers fans to be to be having to deal with that is really bad. And I think the Scottish government. I'm not going to get party political about it. You know, keep aside. But I think the Scottish government to to start throwing about too many red cards like a bad referee, it could backfire on them. People are, the Rangers fans are done, that's it. I, I don't think, we've done our celebrating, we've done their impromptu celebrating that we needed to do. I don't think there'll be any more this season, but they're in a real danger, I think the, the Scottish government, of creating a, a scenario where Rangers fans might feel defiant, might feel that they have to go and gather again, you know, and I got kind of twisted from a defiance. So, you know, it's, it's got to stop, but also the gathering's got to stop, but the, the lambast and the Rangers fans got to stop as well. That's it, just all move on. Yeah, agreed. Um, what I will say on your point there is well done to the, the Leiden Tavern boys who set up that, that GoFundMe page and raised nearly 10 grand to exactly, exactly. The, memorial ben- the memorial benches. That was fantastic. And I think there's been quite a lot of that um, in recent days as well as, you know, obviously the flak. But as I say, uh, Ross will be back hosting on Sunday with David Fraser and Frankie guesting. Um, and I'm, I think they will go through the, the the week's events in a lot more detail than we will tonight. Sorry, David. If I could just say sorry, that, that sorry, that that was the point I was trying to make. Thanks for bailing me out. I was I was trying to get around to saying the Rangers fans bailed out the face painters and the news agents back in you know 2012, and they they've been doing the same again the other day. I think they, I think the GoFundMe page raised twice the amount required within about 24 hours. So that's thanks, mate. That's the point I was trying to make there. <laughs> no problem, uh, but. Yeah, so Alec, listen, thanks for joining me tonight. Um, thanks again to John for coming on and giving us a bit of uh, insight into Slavia Prague. I think it's going to be an absolute belter tomorrow night. I cannot wait. Um, and what a season we're having, it's going to be, I mean, 55 secured. But in the last 16 of the Europa League, Scottish Cup's coming back. 
Um, and and you know, COVID vaccines are, are being rolled out. We're, it's now starting to look like a a better year for everyone, especially fans of Angels. So here's hoping to, to better days ahead. As always, you know, the, the previous episodes of the show, including Sunday's show, if you get a chance, um, it's a pretty evergreen one. We're all, you know, a lot of contributors on Sunday uh, last kind of discussing the title one. If you've not caught up with that, I would, I would recommend because the guys had some fantastic uh, stories and views on where it's all went right for Rangers this season. So I would, I would, um, urge you to go and listen to that but Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, all the usual platforms um, and until next time good night <laughs>